it's understandable why he's been so easy in the mark and the foxcatcherintels.com better half. James Jordan joins us here on Winners. Good morning to you, Jordan. Um, Jimmy J, James Jordan. Geez, this rain's caused havoc. I was watching the football last night. What a ripper game it was between the power and the demons. But all I could think about was the poor, poor, poor punters that back lofty strike and the Goodwood. Yeah, well, but I mean, I, mean, I know he's... His run in Sydney wasn't fantastic, but it, I mean, uh, the last few meetings in Adelaide, the track has been on times has been drier and firmer than the official rating. So yeah. I don't feel like um, it's going to be a you know a slop or anything like that. Um, so I, I certainly, even if I uh, owned a horse and I had it over here uh, or trained it, I'd be watching a few of the races. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be diving in to press the eject button too soon. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. There'll be plenty of the track. They'll, they can use a bit of it. Um, who knows? We'll see. It's a difficult one because, geez, he's run some ripper races and some big route ones like his Oakley Plate and Newmarket efforts were full of class and he didn't quite get there. Down the track in a TJ Smith, but he's a son of Snitzel. He's worth a lot of money. I don't think his owner needs the money, by the way, but um, from a stud perspective, if he can win a group one, that would be perfect on his resume. And... I reckon they would be thinking, Jules, that this is their best chance to win a Group 1. They decided not to go up to Queensland. So I would imagine they would just have a throw at the stumps, wouldn't they? If they've oh, come without, from, oh, they've kept I'd him in work, what's the point? Yeah. He's, he's, what is he, seven, um, uh, 49 days. So he's sort of um, seven weeks thereabouts into into this. So it's a bit of training fees along the way and a bit of preparation. I'm tipping he doesn't want for much um, a cult like that with a stud, uh, potentially a stud deal hanging around. So yeah, I'd imagine they'd want to run. And, and again, like if the, if there is a little bit of rain around, what it can mean is the inside can chop out, which favours horses from the back. So he might not be at his absolute best time-wise, but if the pattern then suits him, that's probably a little trade-off they'd be happy to, to work with. Geez, Sapoteo, it'll start favourite, as Jill's pointed out on the opening bell. They have come for this mare this morning. They have. I think that the rain has certainly favoured her um, over him. And um, the glass start was good. Uh, I thought he probably, if he had his time again, he probably wins that race, Damien Oliver. Um, but, look, she is well-placed. We certainly haven't been trying to lay her. We were, we've avoided the carnage there, um, which is good. So that's a question I wanted to ask Jill's. I didn't get enough time, but... Is it a case where you see Zapoteo firm in the market? Is that a weight of money or is that bookmakers being proactive and dialing her in before the punters jump on because they're reading the play? Not not many, not trying to um, tarnish the name of bookmakers, but not many bookmakers are really on top of things these days. Trading teams around every bookmaker in Australia are either non-existent or have yep. diminished severely. Uh, group one, there'll be people looking at it and you might get the odd, Bookie, but realistically, I mean, when the rain started falling late at night, last night, or sort of evening, most of the full-time staff had gone home. So I would say it's the punters that start picking yeah. picking off that price and the bookies then react. Um, yeah, without being disrespect, disrespectful to the bookies, I'd say 90% of the time it's the punters doing it first. Basically, it's just computerised these days, um, the the bookmaking game, and it's not being disrespectful, but that's how, how it is. That's... That's, yeah, that's a lot fine. of people w- yeah. would have, I mean, a lot of operators would have had their price shortening and they would have been tucked up in bed and had no idea because yep. of the robotic nature of it. But um, we, I guess, focus, being that we're a small team, we focus on a few meetings. We, I certainly was um, on to Zapoteo and was able to sort of sit under the market. And as a result, we haven't laid any bets on it, which is good. What are we doing today, mate? How are we making some money? 
Uh, well, I'm hoping I saw Benny Price is not riding, which um, he was on Silent Sorrento in the first. That's really the one I'm keenest, most keen on. Uh, Madison Lloyd though takes the reins. It is a go forward horse. He's just got to probably um, set it alight at probably the seven or eight hundred meters. So she will hopefully have time to watch the tapes and uh, and get the good mail from Will Clark and Nikki O'Shea. So. I think in the first, we can start the um, day off with a win with Silent Sorrente. I think the second pick in that, well, it's actually current favourite, Captain Britain, uh, who was off the map last start. It's a query at the 2,000 metres for mine. So I think Silent Sorrente will be very hard to beat in the first. So that's hopefully the start of a good day. I like race six as a race to Centuria. Um, only two hopes for mine in the market now that's pushed everything out into double figures other than these two, which is Cap de Joie, and thought-provoking, horses that the Victorian punters would know well. Competed against each other last start. I thought thought-provoking was uh, as good as Cap de Joie, and there's a couple of little changes with the variables. Cap de Joie gets a weight pull. Thought-provoking gets the jock change, gets Ben Mellon to ride. So for that reason, at the prices, I'm happy to tip thought-provoking. Uh, I think it's very well placed in the sixth. Just on that so, one, uh, Jules, we had Nick Ryan on the show yesterday. He's bullish. He says, she's just been crying out for 2,000 metres. But we see it sometimes with horses, even over the sprinting trips, like a, a six furlong galloper stepping up to the 1,400 metres. We all think, geez, the way that horse has been hitting the line, it needs the seven furlongs. But in the end, they just need a quick tempo over six furlongs. Like, how do you read horses stepping up to the 2,000 metres for the first time? Are you wary to take a, a price under $3? How do you assess that? Or is it a horse-by-horse horse proposition? It's probably horse-by-horse. Horse, but so... Uh, the first thing you look at is, I guess, Captain Britain's a good example in race one. Like, it didn't settle at all um, over the trip last start, which was 1,800. It was blinkers on, but it didn't settle well. So it goes to to 2,000 metres. And this is a horse that can hit the line well um, in its races. But I look at the way it settles and think, oh, I don't know if you settle well enough to, to be confident. Uh, so I factor it in. I take a little bit off what perhaps if you find it's what you think would be its PB or as, as well as it can go. I then start taking points off for things like query how well, well it will settle which means I've got Captain Britain marked about $5 at 310 at the moment so um, that's one thing Captain Joie settles quite well yeah. so it's not a, a, um, a risk for mine and then as so as you look at some horses you think can the horse run 2000 well it's different if you go second up 1400 to 2000 can it run it probably not if it was fifth up on the quick back up from, from 1800 you'd probably say well if it is going to run it it'll run it today Captain Joie is probably in that um, boat like it's it's um, fifth up here. It's had 1400, 1600, 1700. Then it had 29 days between runs. It was sort of scratched in between. Um, that was at a mile. So given it was 29 days into the mile and now it's on the two week turnaround up to 2000, it should get its chance to run it. It shouldn't be lacking fitness and it does switch off nicely in the run. So I think it will get 2000, but I think thought provoking will definitely get it too. Um, it's got it in the past, so I think it's probably. Um, slightly less of a risk, albeit the risk is small than Captain Joie. What else are we doing then, mate? Um, I think in the last race, Rockstar Megs is ready to run a race. It's a, um, a, a man now that's sort of hit and miss a little bit, um, but I just think that that's Philly, actually. Um, the seven-day turnaround is interesting for it. It was at 1,000 metres last start. Um, it's seven-day turnaround up to 1,200, gets the claim for Lockie Nindorf, so it drops four kilos. And last race of the day, it's a get back, swoop down the outside horse. I think it can be suited in what's an even race where I think Jack's on ice and a lot of fun, who are the two sort of um, top of the market. I think they're both short enough. So I'll make Rockstar Megsy in the last, the each way bet. But I think Silent Sorrento in the first and thought provoking in the sixth, uh, the two best. Are you taking anything on? 
Uh, I am. I'm taking on Ifa Media uh, in race three. It's, it's been well back, which is a good a good sign that I'm not going to have to go too far to lay it. But um, happy to be against it in race three. Just thought um, it going a thousand to twelve hundred was a, was a, enough of a query um, to want to take it on. Uh, and outside of that, um, look, I think Foxy Frieda, we, we're sort of top of the market. It's it looks the winner. Don't get me wrong, but I've got to mark two forty five. It's a dollar eighty across the trap, so we're happy to take get some money on it. I won't be sort of breaking my neck to lay it, but I'm happy to give the punters a little um, a little roll over if they want to back it. Good on you. JJ, have a wonderful day, mate. Enjoy Goodwood Day. Thanks, mate. Cheers, James Jordan there from